0: You're listening to Dear Friend, a podcast about cozy reflections, nostalgic stories, and other contemplations. Faces to episode 2 of dear friend the podcast i'm your host chris and today i wanted to catch up a bit about the fall time wait no it's december the winter time and we're going to be focusing on burnout today which has been on my mind a lot lately and so i wanted to give some thoughts on that but before that let's do a quick catch up on things So I hope that you're doing well in whatever part of the world that you're in. Where I'm in right now, in Southern California, it's cooling down a bit, around 60-ish to 70 degrees. So it's really not that cold, but in comparison to the rest of the year, which is basically summer, 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 (laughs) -summer, pre-summer, post-summer, it is a nice relief from the typically hot weather that we get and i really enjoy it because i do like the cooler seasons and the cozy winter christmas vibes that this time of the year brings about so i'm enjoying it quite a bit and well prior to this week i'd been going on walks pretty often i'd say i try to go every morning but ever since well covid spikes have been occurring pretty often just throughout the whole pandemic But I haven't been going outside, so I haven't been going on those walks. But I have some little footage that I filmed or recorded when I did go on these walks. And it was just me celebrating the autumn leaves that were falling. And it just brings me back to a really calm and bright place in my childhood where the simple pleasures like that really brought me a lot of joy so stepping in those crunchy brown orange leaves and taking in that crisp cold air and feeling it in your lungs was really nice and so i tried to hunt for some leaves to get some good sound clips and i was very excited maybe you can hear that okay we hit the jackpot (laughs) aside from that, i haven't been doing much outside of my regular routine, which has been mostly composed of drawing, writing, tutoring, which i do as my sort of main bread... bread, yes. as my main source of income nowadays. i am grateful and lucky that i'm in a position where i can live with family and not be so financially cooped up and stressed, whereas i know a lot of other people including friends and acquaintances aren't in that position and they have to work stressful full-time positions and so yeah, i'm mostly at home doing the usual deeds i've tried to bake more recently and by bake more, i really just mean i baked once within the past two weeks today i woke up, it's currently 2 30 pm on friday and i was really craving for tomato soup and grilled cheese because that was also one of my like ultimate comfort foods in the winter and i have a really fond memory attached to that as well because one of my roommates pam and i would watch movies on weekends whenever we weren't too bogged down with classes and work and we'd cook up little things together to enjoy or we'd go out to go get some food we'd cook for the most part or if we had separate leftovers we'd heat them up And just eat together. we also made dumplings one night and it was really fun because I don't know if we made everything together. Pam might have just fixed everything up because she was so good in the kitchen. and I remember we boiled them together in this big iron pot that we had and they would kind of come up broken up because we were not dumpling experts, but it was still really hearty and enjoyable and just enough to remind us of home. it was during chinese new year's. i don't know if it was last year or the year before, but that was really nice and such good memories. i really miss those and i am one of those college seniors who unfortunately had their last year and commencement ceremony cut off because of covid and it was a bummer because i was looking forward to having those last few months to really spend time with people because i was a lot less stressed than i was before like in years before just because of not really adjusting well to the amount of work that college brings about for people and with internships and work and all of that piling up it was finally a time for me to take a breather i had planned for the last part of my senior year and then things hit and it was sad because we all had to leave on unfinished terms and i've been pondering a lot throughout quarantine of just how i might not get to see a lot of the people that i was once really close to not ever again i do hope that we can see each other within the near future but just because i am moving within the next few months for at least two years while i am going into grad school so it's just a very unfortunate situation but i know it can be a lot worse and it is really terrible for so many people so At least i can stay in touch through the power of the internet. and so that's a quick catch-up. but for today's main topic, it kind of relates to college nostalgia because burnout, which is today's subject. maybe i'll add a reverb to that. okay, so burnout. It is something that most, if not all, people will probably encounter at some point or multiple points in their lives. For me, it really kicked in in college. I probably, or I do have memories of exhaustion throughout high school, but I was fully conscious, I would say, of burnout in college and even up to nowadays post-grad and i was doing some research for this episode to provide some more definitive definitions on burnout. oh let me pull up my doc. so someone i really enjoy watching on youtube is rowena thai and she does a lot of self-help slash life getting your life together sort of videos where she'll do journaling, productivity systems, notion which is that planning slash agenda app that is really popular and i was watching a few of her videos on energy management and burnout and i found them very helpful not just in the process of forming this episode but also just for me to look inwards and introspectively to figure myself out because i'll talk about this more a bit later but my experiences with burnout has a lot to do with my inability to figure out my energy levels and how to prioritize different tasks and it didn't really hit me until recently. i always just thought that i was a really bad procrastinator and oh i'll get to it, i'll figure it out in the future when i grow up more and i know i still have a lot to live and learn but at this point it would be nice to get a more solid grasp on things because i'm moving into a phase in my life where i need to get my bleep Together. Otherwise, it's only going to get tougher because at least with college and high school, there was a system in place of school and assignments that as stressful as it got, I could always fall back into the idea that oh I'm in school. Ultimately, there's small deadlines and tasks and things to meet where I need to hit a certain I need to pass my classes and do these things, and at the end of the day, I'm just doing well in school. But now as an adult or as someone who has to refer to themselves as an adult now, there are a lot of things in life where it's not as cut out and clear and so I really do want to put into place some things that will allow me to both be productive and also to take care of myself and not burn out. But from what i understand, burnout is just the feeling of overwhelm that can accumulate due to stress and frustration with goals that you've set in place that you feel like you're not achieving. and for me, burnout comes into place Like I said earlier, I really was conscious of it beginning in college. The first year of college, I really just... it was my first taste of freedom and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, where growing up I had expectations put upon me by family and I never felt like I could fully do some of the things or many of the things that I wanted to do and so in college it was the time for me to let go breathe and explore and with that came just a lot of things set in place that I threw out the window completely. I stayed up super late, spending time with new friends, I'd sleep over and watch movies with people, I'd eat trash, and I don't feel any sort of guilt. In fact, I look back on those times with so much fondness, and even though I did gain a lot of negative things from that in terms of habits, so I didn't take care of myself in a multitude of ways by disregarding my need to sleep, to take care of my body properly. properly and just to set clearer boundaries. also, i would just- i slept well into the afternoon and i'd wake up just to go to classes and i'd rush there with my hair all messy and so it was a time but i met so many great people and burnout didn't really hit me until probably my third year where i started to take on more duties and responsibilities. i was in my school's radio news team and i actually started to direct the program in my third year, so I felt like I had a lot of burden, but not in a bad way. It was like a, a weight on my shoulders that I was happy and proud to take on because I really liked being a part of my radio news team and I loved the people and I loved what I was doing, so I just thought, I'm going to do more duties because I enjoy this! And I think the misconception is that burnout is only related to professional things that we are obligated to to do but i've come to discover that burnout comes with even the most pleasurable things that have come into my life and so a lot of us have to deal with the pressure to push out really great art better art all the time and on a super consistent schedule and to people who can do that props to you you've hopefully developed a healthy way of looking at things and just pumping out what you enjoy on a pretty... what's the word? on a frequent enough basis, but I struggle myself with this need to make something that is better than what i've done before. so to continuously top myself. and with that comes stress and anxiety because up until recently, i wasn't really thinking of what was propelling me to create and push out art. but i took a month-long break from instagram a month ago and for the first week, i was like, okay, what am i gonna draw next? what am i gonna post next? and then the second week of that, i thought, oh, but it's, it's been a full two weeks, what am I doing? People probably have forgotten about me. I should just abandon everything. <laughs> Which is so dramatic, but I think it happens because there's this desire to continue to be recognized for your work. And not from a narcissistic perspective, I think. I think we do strive to be acknowledged for our presence and for our art because we have a voice and it is nice to have that be validated in a way that is acknowledging the struggles and stories that we all have inside of us. So the third week of that little period came and I just thought, oh whatever, like I don't even want to draw, I don't want to pick up my tablet, I don't even want to draw on paper. I just lost the joy for art completely and by the fourth week of that I had really accepted that I was burnt out because similar to how I was feeling in the last leg of college, as much as I was enjoying radio, I was overwhelmed by this need to satisfy the people around me and I wasn't looking inward enough at how I could be satisfying the original happiness that was brought upon by these hobbies and activities. So, relating it back to art, I thought, okay, if I don't want to draw, I'm just not going to draw. I need to take a step back because I think it's most helpful for my mental health and just for my craft. The feelings of anxiety and pressure were really just at the forefront because I felt so bad. One, because art was so fun for me to do and feeling like I lost that was really disappointing. But, after I stepped away and bounced back into other things that i like to do, i think it really helped my brain recuperate and regain that sense of love and joy for drawing and creating stories like that. so what i did during that time of burnout is 1. stepped away from it i went and did other things i had kind of put on the back burner. i read a lot more. i wrote here and there and i didn't put pressure on myself to excel at those other things. it was just to let my mind reverberate within itself and sit with its thoughts and really ponder why i was feeling this way. and then naturally i thought, okay i'm gonna... i think i'm ready to just to just pick up my pencil and doodle whatever. i'm not gonna do it for the purpose of posting. I just want to get a feel of things again. It was really just super rough doodles. I was playing with more variations of pencils and colors, and I think that was bringing spark back to the love that I had for art. And now I'm back in a place where I'm posting more often than, well obviously like burnout I wasn't posting at all, but I'm getting to a point where I am posting every however long, really. I don't put a count on, it like I used to. at the initial start of my Instagram account, well past those first few weird bumbling posts, but when I was really getting into the groove of the art style that I'm at today and the purpose that I have today, which is to tell personal nostalgic stories, I made it like a little agenda of mine- oh, i have to post. if i posted yesterday, that must mean i have to post tomorrow. i have to be super consistent, i have to post at quote-unquote peak times in order to get engagement, and again, this is another thing that i was able to stop and think about during my burnout phase, is why am i creating art and why do i feel that need to push it out so often? so burnout came with a lot of reflection and i think that at some point, all of us kind of need to sit back and reflect on why we're doing the things that we're doing and just evaluating what the purpose of it all is. so in this time, i thought, okay, i want to tell stories and if i want to tell it in the best way, i have to let myself sit and think with my ideas and flesh them out in a way that will speak to that part of my life the most. so if i'm talking about a memory that is really special and precious, i want to do it in a way that really celebrates the feelings that i still have that linger from those memories. And I can't do that if I'm just in this hamster wheel of pressure and engagement. I don't know, it's kind of... Mm it's kind of sad, i guess, to admit that i was fueled by the desire to gain likes and follows because it makes me feel a bit icky, but i think it is natural for many people to acknowledge that we can't really help it because the system in place, which is social media, feeds off of our kind of desire to be, like i said, to be acknowledged for our stories and our art. so i was letting go of that blame and shame and guilt that i was feeling attached to putting out my art and just trying to find the pure childish like and enjoyment that i had originally. so i had reflection during this burnout period, which i am now pretty glad that i had. and talking about rowena's videos again, she does a lot of time management sort of content and she helps me rewire my thinking into a different pathway, which isn't to focus so much on the stress of time and to focus more on energy. so the way that she explains it is that time is ultimately out of our control, we can't pause and fast forward and go back as much as we'd like to, it's not possible for us to concretely grasp time into our hands and mold it to what fits our schedules best. So what we can control is our acknowledgement of our energy levels and thinking about it this way helped me step back and look on all of those years where i was a big procrastinator and thinking on why i could never get my things together in a way that saved me anxiety and stress during those late night hours trying to meet really really tight deadlines and so rowena talks about how for energy levels you can for a week, i would say, to sort of track your dips in energy and your highs so then you can note at what point of the day you have more energy to allocate to heavier tasks or things that just take up more of our brain energy and activity, and then for those dips, we kind of have a record of how often we dip, what we can do to sort of take care of ourselves during those dips, and then because of that, take into account how we can manage our energy in relation to the time that we have during the day. So I noticed, for me personally, I have the most energy in the mornings I get up pretty early now so I would say around 6 to 7 ish and I used to just bamboozle myself I would be on my phone for a long time, scrolling on social media, appreciating things, getting lost into rabbit holes about really random stuff like cream cheese flavors and murder mysteries, like really, really random stuff that gets you deep in there. and before i know it, it'd be like 11 in the morning and i hadn't done anything, and then recently I also tried to get back into exercising, which was- exercise is great, I think at least a small amount of stretching and simple movements can do a lot for our mentalities, but for me I would get into my workout gear and I would sit for literally half an hour listening to music telling myself I'm just pumping myself up for the workout, and then afterwards it'd be well into the afternoon and I'd sit there thinking, oh well now it's only a few hours before dinner! (laughs) i have to get all my work done now! which is obviously impossible, so then after dinner, which is when i tend to dip, then i wouldn't have really any energy left to allocate to the tasks that i could have done when i had more energy during the day. so all in all, being cognizant of that and noticing when i should do the things that i want to do and doing them during those times That is the best and I've been working on it so I think that has been helping me combat burnout too because a lot of my stress was because I wanted to do things in a really consistent manner but was disappointed in myself for not being able to hit a number of to-dos in a day and that also applies to the way that I was approaching work is that I would write down bunch of things. i'd fill up a page easily, but i would never get through at even half of the list, and then i would look at the list at the end of the day and think, oh look how little i've accomplished today. but you know, it's really a rewiring of the brain, and it's not so much that we are incapable of doing things, it's just a perspective shift. In which, hey, we're humans, and taking things a bit slower and trying to be more focused and present on a few things a day versus a hundred is probably a healthier way of getting through work i don't know it's a bummer because i too am someone who's just constantly like, oh how can i be optimizing my time? and then not optimizing my time because i'm thinking too much about optimizing my time. so yeah, what's been helping is to rework my perspective towards work, looking at my energy levels, and being more patient and kind with myself, and taking a step back from whatever is stressing me out and making me anxious and getting into other things because life is about trying to find happiness in exchanges, conversations, in things that we do, so to spend hours stressing about something that we can't find the energy to put ourselves into for the day is really tough and is something that I think we can work towards dealing with in a more easygoing isn't the word just in a more hmm, what are words today speaking of energy levels it's 3pm and I'm starting to dip (laughs) (sighs) yeah I think this podcast is probably probably going to be one of those less edited more roughly cut rambly pieces so if you enjoy that I hope it's nice to listen to and if not i'm so sorry i'm so unfocused today but i just wanted to give some honest off the top of my head thoughts about burnout and coping with it and an extension of that topic would be feelings of inadequacy because for me i was pushed a lot by the need to be better, and I was comparing myself to these artists that I really really admire and I would look at their output and think, wow, how are they doing this on such frequent basis and how is their work so polished and so touching to me and I would think why can't I do that I have so much more time nowadays why can't I strive to be better than the stuff that I've already put out and I think it's it's natural and it's normal to compare ourselves to other people but at the end of the day we have ourselves and that's really it not in a cynical sad like I only have myself kind of thing, but in a, hey, at night I go to bed and it's just me and instead of spending that time freaking myself out and telling myself that I should be this or I should should have done that, to think of the ways that I can appreciate where I've come to in the now and how I can move on from that tomorrow, so whenever I do feel those feelings that come with the frustration of wanting to be a certain way or wanting to hit goals that I have, faster and sooner. Oh that rev-up scared me. <laughs> I was getting so reflective. Then my my soul left my body. <laughs> Push down the feelings of annoyance and get through this. <laughs> oh shoot, I really did just forget everything I was saying. Um Okay, I think it was along the lines of being more being kinder to myself, yes so... i can't do that all the time. it's really hard to if i'm honest, but if i'm really down, i try to pick myself up in a way that is similar to how i would speak to a friend. so if a friend is going through a really stressful time and they feel inadequate and they're not good enough and that they should be like this and they're not even close, i would tell them that i appreciate and see their efforts and every day is a new opportunity to think about the goals that we have in mind and how we can achieve them and also just the creative ways we can honor our past and ourselves in order to go into the future. so i'd really step into that space of comfort for that friend and hear them out, listen to them and validate their feelings and try to encourage them that it really isn't so bad and that they do have more to look forward to in their pursuits. and that's not to minimize people's thoughts and struggles to say, oh it's not that bad, like you can get through it. it's more of just me trying to refix my old negative perspectives and thoughts and try to think of ways that i would comfort others and how i can use that to comfort myself when i'm going through a really tough time so if you're feeling sad or down or burnt out, frustrated, stressed, acknowledge it because you're not lame or dumb or lazy for feeling those ways because everything comes with a purpose. Even if we're sad for no reason, I think that still has deep roots in something that we're dealing with, and so to put it into the front of our thoughts and let ourselves feel those feelings and process them, then I think we can actually start to move on and reframe everything. At least that's what's kind of helped for me personally, because a few months ago, I was feeling really down all the time, and I didn't have the motivation to do anything really, but then I would feel so guilty for lying down, but then feeling also just apathetic to everything, and so I kind of tried to quiet my mind, let myself feel what I was feeling, and when I was a bit better, slowly, gradually, then I started to let myself think about why I was in that position and what I can do to slowly regain my sense of self. (sighs) I don't know if any of this is helpful. (laughs) I hope that by me sharing these reflections that I can be helpful to some of you and to let yourself know that It is healthy to think of ways that we can be better, but I don't think we should do it from a position of harsh criticism, of thinking that our skills aren't enough and that's why we're not at the points that we want to be in. Because going back to that little metaphor of only having ourselves... It's not really a metaphor, it's just like the truth, but... (laughs) Because we have ourselves to depend on and we only have our own brains that we can fully understand and pick apart, I don't think it's the best to fill that space with self-hate and self-anger. So I guess some practical advice I could give would be to really reflect on what you do throughout a day and how your energy shifts throughout the day. And this can change and vary from various points in our lives, and not every day is going to be the same, but to kind of take into account our habits that we have whenever we go into peaks and dips in our energy, and try to rework our schedules into more manageable tasks every day, and fit those into the times that we're able to accommodate more tasks and more activity, and just other little things i've started to listen to animal crossing music while i do work and that's been really nice because i have this playlist on my youtube account where i keep very calming videos on to listen to if i'm stressed or if i'm trying to work and i noticed that even for a lot of those because they do have speaking in them, even if it is very minimal. i just tend to get distracted, so the animal crossing, rainy day edition specifically, music really gets me through times where i have to just sit there and do something that i want to do and need to accomplish. i'm trying to figure it out, we're all trying to figure it out, and i don't think it's an easily completely resolvable conflict because i still deal with pressure to do certain things or hit certain points but not as much as before i think my younger self would be like what are you doing sitting there being a complete potato and now i would tell her it's fine we're okay you don't need to be a multi-millionaire ceo of a shampoo company by 21 years old. like these are just unattainable goals that feed those anxieties within us and then thus fuel the burnout cycle. at least i think that's what happened for me. and so i kind of take those numerical goals like, you know, getting married at age 27, having a child by 25, <laughs> You know, because I don't think our lives run on numerics, and is numerics a word? But they shouldn't, because numbers are arbitrary, and those goals were pushed out by people who, I don't know, or corporations, conglomerations, entities that fuel this need to be young and thriving. But I think we do thrive in little ways all the time, and when I take into account that fact, I celebrate the small wins and I carry on and it motivates me to keep working, again, in small ways to achieve those little victories. but if you're currently going through burnout, I'm extending a really big hug for you because it's normal to feel that way and i don't want you to feel ashamed for feeling that way and if you're stressed or frustrated, i think it's worth noting that you have goals in mind and you have visions and dreams that should be honored by yourself and by others. so it's not for naught. i think that's the saying. so i think it's coming from a good place which is why you're feeling stressed, because you feel that you could be achieving these things that you see for yourself. And I think you will, but working towards them maybe a bit more slowly and reflectively is not a bad thing, I think. Also, I was... this is another tangent. I was really paralyzed by feeling the need to put out perfect things, or as perfect as I could make perfect things. wow, that's not a sentence. but basically, i was paralyzed because i thought if something wasn't really good, then it wasn't worth putting out at all. i don't want people to see anything that's less than what i believed could be the best that i could produce. but nowadays, i think it's taking enjoyment in the rough sketching process. and taking appreciation of the story behind different mediums and ways of expressing things, and the fact that people can put out art at any point in the process, or through whatever style it is, is very admirable, and I appreciate people who are just very authentic and genuine with their forms of expression and that isn't always fueled by perfection, and it shouldn't be, because perfection is unattainable. it really is, because even if you finish a piece, most of the time you might think, oh, i could have done this, or i- why didn't i do that? but progress is, i think, better just tracking your progress in small ways, through different pieces, through different projects, and even if they're not perfect or as polished as you think they could have been, it's still an artifact of a point in time that was meaningful to you and you can always do something better or different and allow that to paint your process too. so if i look back on my instagram feed, for example, a lot of my initial pieces, and even the pieces i put out now, i, in a more critical way in the past, probably would have looked at them and thought, oh these are so bad, why did i ever think i could post these? and i don't think that's a constructive way to look at the things that we create. Ultimately, it's nice to see how we've changed and developed and grown from our most baby points and see how we're ever evolving and ever shifting in our styles, in the things that matter to us, in the ways that we tell stories, and the ways that we frame ourselves, and the things that mean a lot to us. So even though my old art, I think, is kind of shite, <laughs> like... I appreciate that it's there and that I even started and allowed myself to explore in those ways because it has led me to this point where I am pretty proud of myself for doing what I've done and I hope that you can feel proud of yourself too. a round of applause! (laughs) oh my gosh so I think I'm gonna wrap this up I'll see you next week though and Hope we can talk about another interesting topic. see ya! <laughs> days seem sometimes as if they'll never end. sun takes its heels to taunt you. but after sunlit days, one thing stays the same, rises the moon.